You've just tuned into the Unify podcast from Unify Youth. Our goal is to equip young people with the Word of God so they can live empowered in Christ and tackle the challenges of this world. Tune in for weekly sermons, devotions, and interviews. Welcome to the Unify podcast. You guys don't know, my name's Pedro, and I'm Joe's brother. Um, Matt's kind of like family. So I am a um, part-time banker. So I work at Westpac part-time, but I also work as a part-time admin pastor or missions pastor at Rouse Hill Bible Church, um, which is like five minutes down the road from where you guys are. Um, who here, and I've been going to Japan since 2016 for the specific reason of doing mission work. Right, so, who here's been to Japan? Anyone? Was it good? It's an amazing place, right? Yep. So, Matt um, gave me an outline which I love because it keeps my, you know, there's a lot of things I want to say about doing mission work in Japan and doing mission work in general. Um, but I like the outline that he gave me. It's very personal. So he said, first, so with the three points. First point is um, about what was the calling for me like to go on mission to Japan? Um, the second was, how was it to do mission in Japan? What were the highlights, the lowlights? And then the third point is, why do we need to go on mission? So I'll stick to those three points. Um, I'll pray first and then uh, we'll, we'll keep going. So Father in heaven, thank you so much for this time that you've allowed for us to just sit down and be away from the busyness of life. And thank you, Lord, for um, those who are volunteered to serve here and for those who've taken the time off to attend and listen in and uh, just be in fellowship with with others here. Lord, we pray that you'll be glorified in the discussions that we're going to have. And um, um, Lord, uh, I do pray that after this that we will be activated to go on mission wherever we are. And we ask all of this in your name. Amen. Cool. So first question was, what was the calling like for me? So um, in 2016, my wife and, my wife and my three children, um, who were ho- homeschooled back then, um, we decided that we'll just go to Japan for a little excursion as part of their homeschooling. And um, we didn't know anyone, nobody. So we basically bought tickets, jumped on a plane, landed in what we thought, you know, we did a bit of YouTubing and it seems like Osaka is a really good place to eat and you know, it was, it was all about touring. So we landed in Osaka and then it was like, okay, we don't know anything here. We tried to figure out the train system. It's all fun and stressful and um, interesting. And um, after about, we, went, we got there on a weekday and then we were like, oh, maybe we shouldn't look for a church. Like, don't worry about it. Like, God will understand. And Saturday night, it's like, we really need to find a church. <laughs> you know, like, I don't, it doesn't feel right that we're just going to tour on Sunday. 
So we ended up in this church, and um, we went there, and it was a very small group. And, um, and we thought, okay, that's very interesting, you know, like um, very small group, very quiet, um, gospel sharing. So we had no idea what the situation was in Japan. So we interacted with one of the people there and um, basically told us that the situation in Japan, which is it's the second most unreached population on the planet, right? I'll, I'll go there a bit later on. So that was when I developed, my wife and I actually developed a desire. So let's start with that. So how do, what was the calling like? There was a desire, right? Which, was, which happened on that night. After the service, we went home. It's like, gee, we didn't know that that was the situation. So we had this desire to find out more about it and be, be part of the, sol the solution. Um, and then we went back the next year, 2017, and we said, how about we go for seven weeks? So we went for an extended period of time during the Christmas period, we helped this church with their Christmas events. And anyway, Christmas events are funny in Japan because you, you, you basically, Japanese are so interested in Western culture, like especially Americans. They think if you're Anglo, you're American. So anyway, back then it was Frozen, I think, was the big thing, like the, the Disney thing. And uh, because I look Asian, and I said, I want to help you guys. And they said, okay, we really want to attract the Japanese so they'll come to, you know, like to this Frozen musical and then we'll offer for them to come to church, right? This Frozen musical, because I look Asian, I don't, there's no real character who's Asian looking. So they put an Olaf suit on me. <laughs> so, all right, so long story short, um, when we, before we left that year, we had a chat with a pastor who, you know, who, who we've been trying to interact with, um, um, the whole time and try to serve under him. And he said to us, those little things that your family did had such an impact on these Japanese people, right? Like specific people, and it's impacted these missionaries. So the second thing, in terms of the calling, we felt like we had that confirmation. So we had the desire, and then we had confirmation from somebody else that actually what you're doing is quite effective. It's, it's quite effective in, in this context. You're able to bring people to church. You're able to have those conversations. And you're able to um, also minister and help the, the missionaries that are here. So we had that confirmation. Okay, we should keep going. <clears throat> the next year, 2018 and 2019, the, so 2018, 2019, we were really in heavy interaction with the, the church there. And they were starting to give us, like, when you come back next year, this is what we're going to get you to do. So my wife is a, um, has a degree in, um, oh, man, I'm going to get this wrong, in theater. So they asked her. We were in Australia, and they're coordinating with us, with her, on how they're going to run um, their Christmas musical. So it's the first time they're going to have a gospel Christmas musical, not a Frozen musical, like an actual gospel musical that talks about Jesus, how, when he was born, what he came here to do, that sort of stuff. 
I was also, so that's my wife, and I also had this interaction with the pastor where he was saying to me that I'd really love for you to run English classes, right? Um, because Japanese pay big money to, inter to converse and practice their English with a Westerner. And if we offer it for free, people will come. So, back to the calling, we felt that in 2018, 2019, there was a real opportunity. So we had the desire, we had the confirmation, and we had this opportunity, right? So we felt in 2019, my wife and I prayed for it, and we said, in July 2019, we will go to Japan for six months and see if we can stay longer while we're there. So in 2019, my family and I, we uprooted ourselves, put ourselves in Japan um, until COVID happened, we had to go back. Right, so we were in Japan, and um, so that's, that's the calling. We had the desire, we had confirmation from the right people, and we had the opportunity. So we felt that that was God saying to us, you can go. Um, what was it like in Japan? So let me give you a bit of stats. So Japan is a country of 126 million people. 126 million, less than 1% are Christian. Right, so if you go to Rouse Hill, right, Rouse Hill town center right now, you'll probably see maybe 3,000 people, right? And less than 1%, let's just say it's 1%, that means there's only 30 Christians in there. Right, so it's very, very low, very low. Um, churches are dwindling. Right? So, because uh, the biggest problem with Japan is they don't have leaders. So, the leaders are getting old, they're retiring, they're dying, and there's no one to take it up. So, the congregations, congregations are dwindling, churches are, you know, reducing and combining because of a lack of leaders. Um, just to give you a bit of um, color, um, there's one church for every... 16,000 people in Japan. Uh, that's a very, very bad situation. Um, I went, I love running. Well, back then, I love running now. I don't run as much, but I used to run a lot in Japan, and I would run 10, 15 Ks and not see a sign of a church. If I run the Old Windsor Road, there's Emmanuel across the road. There's church here, church here. There's just churches everywhere. You could run 15 Ks and not find anything in Japan. Um, what's it like Japanese don't speak English and we don't speak Japanese so that is a big challenge for us um, so that's, that's, that's the situation in Japan talk about the highlights um, the highlight for us is this every day there's an opportunity for us to interact with people so because we have a limitation to it, it, with the language. Yeah, one pastor there told me, don't be worried about that limitation because it's 126 million people. Just think of there's 1% who, who speak English, let's just say, or who've been abroad, right? That's 1.26 million, right? And maybe 1% of that 1.26 million has been to Australia. So you got a connecting point right away. Right, and they love like Australia, right? Like they think it's like boomerangs, kangaroos, and all this sort of stuff, right? 
So there's 126,000 at least people that we can find who can speak English and who've been to Sydney. So for us, that's a highlight that every day we're looking for that, pe that person who will interact with us. It can be on the train. Um, I kid you not, I went to, uh, who knows what takoyaki is? Okay, yeah, so it's like this octopus dumpling thing <laughs> that, um, anyway, it's, it's, it's balls basically that's got like batter in it and it's, it, it tastes great. And um, in Japan, in here, it's like, oh yeah, takoyaki, like awesome, like it's an awesome place, people line up. In Japan, it's just in the corner street, like street food. Went to this takoyaki place, and this is a Japanese guy, and he somehow he saw me talking to my kid. And my, my, anyway, he said, you from Australia? I said, yeah. I said, I live in, I live in Australia. He's like, really? Where? I went surfing for three years in Manly. Like, so you find those strange inner connections. So that, for me, are highlights, like those little connections where you find the 1% of the 1%. Um, long, you know, we had two people that we bumped into trains, into, you know, two people on the, on the trains, and one, sorry, one from a coffee shop, and we managed to get them to church. One of them gave their life to Jesus. So these are, for us, three years, one person, awesome, right? So these are big highlights. Um, in terms of lowlights, um, definitely the dwindling number of leaders is, is a big lowlight. Like every time we go there, we can see less missionaries, like they're going home, getting sick. Um, um, one of the persons that we led to the Lord um, walked away um, from the Lord. Um, the other thing is there's a lack of discipleship. So Japanese are very, very much process-oriented, orientated people. They think church, well, actually, a lot of Australians are like that. They think church is a Sunday thing. So after church, you exit, you're back to your old life, and then you go back to church, you can plug in, you're religious again, and then you go back. That needs discipleship, right? So when you become a Christian, you obviously are a Christian. You live like a Christian wherever you are, any time of day. Um, there's a lack of those people who are willing to disciple and take care of each other and train them to disciple. Um, so, so there's... For, for me, every time I go there, I feel this strong burden for, you guys are used to church here. You know how churches work. You know, you're used to, during the week, you're interacting with somebody at church. They don't think that way. They think church is like a Sunday thing. And then during the week, I don't do anything else except my job and that's it. And then I go back to church, interact. So it's not a life relationship with, with the church. So... Um, yeah, that, that is definitely a low light for me every time I'm there where I feel like, man, if I could live here, I would just keep interacting with these guys and disciple them so they disciple others too. Um, so that's, that's basically um, how, how it was for me and my family while we were in Japan. So now I want to go to um, why go on mission? Why, why would you go on mission? So... Um, does anybody want to have a go? What, what, what is a missionary? Establishing a church in a foreign country. So somebody who goes to a foreign country to, you know, advance, like, faith, right? What terms is someone who goes overseas to spread yep. the gospel, whether yep. it be like yep. church planting or yep. something like that. Yep. So and sharing. Yep. Sharing. Yep. 
that is the definition of missionary. Somebody who's being sent to go spread the gospel and find more disciples who will spread the gospel. Um, well, let me tell you this. So before Jesus left, what did he say? Just before he left. So, so let me say, let me put it this way. Right? When my wife goes away, so my wife works in a school, and whenever she goes on, helps volunteer at a camp and they're not coming home, what do you think my wife is going to say to me just before she drives the car off? Because like, the kids are left with me and she's going, right? What, what, would the, what would a mom normally say to the, look out of the kids, make sure they're fed, and put, sorry, run the laundry, right? <laughs> that, that is like that. So if something did happen to my wife during that and never comes back, that would be the last thing she would have told me. Right? So that's the most important thing in her. Now, um, whenever my wife and I leave the kids, we would leave them with the grandparents and we would say, Dad, Mom, something happens to us. Here's the envelope that you need to look at. Inside here is our will and testament, right? It's not a silly thing, like run the laundry or something like that, right? It is important stuff that if something did happen, I want you, you need to execute this, and this is for the future of that, my children. Jesus' last words before he, as you know, if I use the, well, my wife, before he, he left and jumped in the car and left is, I have authority over everything. Go make disciples everywhere to the ends of the world, teaching them, baptizing them, right? discipling them. Is that, an, is that his instruction to specific people only? It's to everyone, everyone. So missionary is everyone. We are called to, uh, to, we are sent to be advance the gospel everywhere. Everywhere. It doesn't need to be a foreign country. It's everywhere. That's his final, that's his last words to us before he left. Um, if you got your Bibles, if you go to John 17, <clears throat> John 17, 17 verse 9. So this is Jesus praying to the Father. He said, I pray for them. Them meaning the disciples. So, so us. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and all glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, so he knows he's going to be executed, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I sti am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word. The world has hated them for they are not of the world and more than I am 
any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me, this is Jesus saying that, Father, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. So, you can consider this John 17 as Jesus' last will and testament. What is he saying to the Father? Lord. What does he say? He's saying, verse 15, I'm not asking you to take them from the world and, you know, like that we all hide in our caves and, right? He's not saying that. He said, I want, can you protect them? He is asking for us to be protected. So if Jesus wanted us to just hide in our churches and in our caves and in the mountains, which is where I live, by the way, but that's not what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to be out there, but he's praying that God will protect us. And the one word that I, so this is his last will in, in Testament. If he was to write one, it's in this, in this chapter. He's basically saying, this is most important to me. Please protect these people. And one word that I really want to stick with you guys today, if you walk out of here, is sent. Sent. Right? So, what did keep Jesus keep saying? As you sent me into the world, I have now sent them into the world. So, why do you need to go on mission? Because it's Jesus' last command to us before he left. And... It's in his last will and testament. It is the most important thing for us, for, for him, just before he left. That's what he's asking the Father to do, right? That he is saying, Lord, you sent me. Now I'm sending them. Be with them, right? So I'm telling you guys that why should you go on mission? But how are you going to do this? How are you going to do this? Well, firstly, you need to have the right mindset. Right? So what I want to encourage from you today is this word sent. Take this away, that you should have a very strong sense of sentness. Sentness. Right? So um, let me just give you a few verses. Um, John 1, 6 to 8. Right? There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, so John the Baptist, but came to bear witness about the light. Right? So there was a man sent from God. So God is sending. John 4.34, so this is Jesus saying to people, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Again, Jesus is saying in John 9 verse 4, We must work the works of him who sent me. God sent me. While it is day, night is coming when no one can work. John 14, 26, this is again Jesus saying, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 20. All this 
is from God who, through God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So that's our ministry. Reconciliation, bringing people back to God, right? In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting the trespasses against them and entrust, entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So we have this message. Therefore, we are, you and I here, if you are a Christian here today, you and I, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ that be reconciled to God. So our job, we are all being sent to people so that they would reconcile to God. Now, when my kids were young, I said, you know, I don't know about Glenn, but I'm, I, me as a dad, I'm like this. I'm watching TV and then I've got two sons. When they were young, they, they just beat each other up. So one's going to come and they go, Daddy, he's, he hit me. <laughs> and I go, tell him, I'm saying, you tell him that if he does it again, I'm going to go down there and he's going to get it. Said, no, no, Dad, but he won't listen. No, you tell him, I'm sending you to tell him. He's like, oh, you know, so he's now like this. Anyway, he'll get beat up anyway, so I'll still get go. But he's empowered. My son has felt this fault because I'm sending him. It's like I'm with you, but it's you who's going to deliver what I'm trying to say. I want this to stick with you guys. That you, this strong scent of sentness, God sent you. He sent you. Right? It's not other people we're sending. He sent you. Right, so just think about that. The Father sent you. How emboldening is that? That you would walk to your sphere of influence or your community knowing that the God of the universe sent you. Right? Right? That's like my son who felt the power and the confidence to tell. This is the God of the universe we're telling about with a, with a message of reconciliation that is most important. Right, so please remember this and then grow this strong scent of sentness. Jesus spoke about it all the time. I've been sent by him. I've been sent by him to do this. Right? Um, where are you sent? You're sent into the relationships that you have. Your relationships that you have, they're unique to you. Right? So um, Daniel's relationships, I don't have them. It's unique to Daniel, right? And my relationships are unique to me. Nobody can have those relationships on this table. It's very unique. That's your mission ground. That is your, if you're looking for a place to go on mission, find your relationships. Let's have a look. Who are those? Right? God sent you there specifically. That is unique space for you where he sent you to do what he wants you to do. Right? To carry this message of reconciliation. Um, in terms of relationships, I just want to give you little things that are very practical that you can use. Um, really pursue your relationships. And how you're going to do this is, if you don't know anyone, well, so you're a stranger. Total stranger, you move from stranger to an acquaintance. Right? So introduce yourself and... Become an acquaintance to that person. Once you become an acquaintance, try to 
spend more time until they become your friend. So stranger, acquaintance, now friend. When you're friends, you can start talking about personal stuff. So you get to the personal conversation. Once you get to personal, you can start talking spiritual conversations. And when you get to spiritual conversations, you can have gospel conversations. So you don't have to look very far. Have a look at your relationships. Take them through that journey. Figure out this relationship, where am I at? Am I a friend? Yes, okay, I need to have personal conversation. This relationship, it's now personal. I need to take it to spiritual conversation. I am now having spiritual conversation with this person. Take it to a gospel conversation. All right. So I'm just giving you these little tips that you can use within the sphere of your relationships. Um, a second practical thing would be um, pray small step prayers. So um, before, when I would pray for my neighbor, I would go, oh, Lord, can you please help? Um, I pray for Mark that he gets saved. Do I really believe that prayer? Probably not. You know, I just go, oh, Lord, I want him to be saved. But it's like for me, like, really, like, man, he's, he's, you know, like, I don't know how that's going to happen. So I'm praying it, but I don't have the faith to really, that that's really going to happen. So it's like a big prayer, zero faith. One thing that's really helped me is to pray little faithful prayers, like, Lord, can you help me bump into Mark this week when he's taking the bins out? So now I'm super aware when is Mark taking the bins out. And I can guarantee you Mark will take the bins out at the time I'm actually there. It just happens. So it's not a question of what God can do. It's just the faith, right? So I've found that those little, you do pray those big prayers, but for you to develop your faith when you're praying, those little, it's more for us. Like, Lord, can I pray for an interaction today with Mark? Can you please do it? Right. And I can guarantee he will do it. All right, so that's another tip with your relationships. Pray those small things. An interaction. Lord, will, he, will you please help him say yes to a coffee? You know, um, can you please, can I please be that person that they'll reach out to when they have a problem? And lastly, um, um, participate in equipping training from the, the church offers. Like these are very important. Like a lot of the people that we're ministering to in Japan, they're struggling to share gospel because they're not equipped. Right? So a church like Emmanuel, you have a lot of opportunity, you know, for you guys to just grab onto those equipping sessions. So don't you know, don't lose that opportunity. Really just grab them. They're very, very important. So anyway, I just wanted to wrap it up there. Um, I hope that's been very helpful to you. Um, does anybody have any questions or anything, you know, any reactions or? Nothing to point us out. Just about the Great Commission in Matthew 28. It's, it's really crucial for us to grasp hold of. That delegated authority for us to be the reconciles. Mm. He says, I have been, so it's, it's already happened, he's been given authority in heaven and on earth, all authority. Therefore, so it's on the basis of his authority, he's sending us out. Mm. And then he bookends that and says at the very end, I will be with you to the end of the age. Yeah. So he, either side of that commission is wrapped around saying, I have authority in the world. And mm. 
I'm going to be with you mm. as you go out and mm. become ambassadors mm. in that process of reconciliation mm. for proclaiming the gospel. Mm. Um, so that's the confidence we can have mm. knowing that Christ mm. um, yep. is with us, he's mm. authorized us to do this. Yep. Absolutely. And as, as you notice, I switched from Japan to just, I didn't even talk Japan in the end. Because I'm saying to you guys, you don't need to go to Japan. Although I'd love for you guys to go to Japan. It's going to be local. And it could be anywhere. It could be in your family, right? So I do want to encourage you to start thinking about Japan. And Steve Mayo from Declare, uh, from ABWE, he's actively looking for people like yourselves to, who are interested in going to Japan. Right? So they are willing to work with interested right people the right people to be to 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 take to Japan and you know work through a way if if you'll be going short term long term mission, but I, as you can see I switched back and I just wanted to talk about that bit that you are sent, you've empowered by God, right? you have like Glenn saying. He's not just going oh you go and then it's like that cruel boss who's like oh yeah you go and then he doesn't do anything, he's he's gone before you. Right? Question about Japan. So, um, you're saying the church is dwindling, mm. the leaders within the church. Mm. Uh, getting old. Is that, is that Japanese people? Or are they mostly foreigners? Both. 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 So, the challenge with Japan is because they don't speak English, you need to. We need Christian, Japanese Christian men. Who, so, you need firstly Christian, they need to be Japanese. And they need to be men, and they need to be to have the, the gift. <laughs> so it's very narrow. What's the cultural impediment for that occurring? Is there like yes. a work ethic that yeah. prioritizes so they don't allocate? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So one of the biggest challenges that they have in Japan is the concept of the senpai. You know what senpai is? It's like, we don't have it in Australia. It's like, like a paduan. Like, you're my, you know, like, he's my senpai. Like, he's my mentor. But that's for life. So when you, now that's good if the pastor is a senpai or a mentor. But what if, you know, Pedro becomes that person who has a desire to, let's say I'm Japanese and I have a desire to be a leader. But now I'm preaching to my senpai? Like, that's not possible. So they have this strong respect culture, right? That's just preventing some men from progressing. Because the moment their senpai comes in, they just, okay, I'm scared. You know, so Jesus is not their senpai. He's a problem, right? So um, that, that is one. The other thing is um, you have... Japanese, sorry, Western English-speaking missionaries coming in, they're quite, this hasn't happened very long, you know, it's maybe 30 years at most, so they haven't built into the communities yet, right, so you need, it's almost like you need this globalized generation of Japanese who need to understand that, you know, that we could be leaders at whatever age, um, 
Christianity is not an American thing because they have this thinking that, oh, Christianity, English, it's American. And some of them love America because of, you know, Disneyland. And, you know, that's in their head, it's Disneyland, right? But some of them hate it. It's the enemy's religion, right? So I am an anomaly to them. When I go there, you're Australian, you look Asian, you speak English, and you're in Japan for six months? What's going on here? So they're very interested in me, right? Um, so we need people like me and you who go there and just confuse them and say, no, this is not an American thing. This is a Christian thing, right? So that hasn't happened yet. So the culture is so strong that thinks English, Christianity, American, enemy, um, and they're disrespectful because they don't have a senpai. So you, we need to change that. So they, the, the, the opportunity is with the next generation, you know? So I know that a lot of us hate, and I know that YouTube isn't, you know, Disney and all that, Disney Plus and all that, they're really tools of the enemy, but that's also somehow helping globalize the Japanese to start thinking that actually we need to globalize a little bit, all right? So um, that's why I think, I talked to the pastor the other day. I said, do you, ever see, uh, do you ever see yourself going back to the States? He said, no. This is for life. Like less than 1%. Is that in the yes. And he's young, um, less than four, under 40. But, you know, he's like, I'm going to be here for life. Like, I don't even know if I can make a dent to that 1%. You know, it's just so much opportunity and very few workers. Mm. English, and then there's a Japanese translator. Yeah, so that it's a one-hour sermon, but 30 minutes of content. So I'm like, you have to switch off. It's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. So. But those who come would mainly be English-speaking Japanese, or so it's yeah. So we have a, a lot of them. A lot of the people who come are actually Japanese who are interested in Western culture. Yeah, so they would know some English, right? Um, but there are some who are really zero English, and that's what the translation is for. Yeah, yeah. So most of the atheists, atheists. Atheist. Yeah, so they're, they claim they're Buddhist. So the way Japanese think of it is like, like this Bible. Here's Buddhism. So you give it to your children and your child, oh, I have to be Buddhist because my dad gave this to me. Right? So it's not, it's not a decision they make. It's, it's, it's been handed to me, so I have to do it. But if you really talk to them, they're atheists, predominantly atheists. Yeah. We had some um, Japanese students on the hostel from a hostel, so we're like doing exchange, some sort of exchange um, system, I'm not sure. And that, that, I, that makes a lot of sense. So when I was talking to them, they said they were um, Buddhist. But then talking to them more about it, they really didn't know anything about it and they didn't believe in God at all. They are atheists predominantly. And I love that because you go there. I'll tell you a funny story. I went to a barber shop and anyway, my, my eyebrows were under threat because they like just shave everything. <laughs> so you pay 30 bucks. It's like, oh, they give you a massage, a shampoo and everything. And then... Anyway, he, he, I, don't any, I don't have any more, and he just started doing this. He's like, what are you doing? Anyway, I said to him, he, he goes to me, why are you here? 
You know, like in his limited English, why are you here? So I'm missionary, huh? So from a church? What's a church? Uh, a church is a place where we teach about Jesus. Uh, what's Jesus? He's a 50-year-old guy. It, you can't imagine it here because people in here know what those are, even non-Christians. But go to a place where they don't know it. It's like me telling you about a religion that you had never heard of. That, that's how foreign it is to them. So imagine the opportunity of the unvarnished, untarnished, untarnished gospel that you could say. Just tell them the truth, you know, that, and, and y y there's so much barriers that don't exist, which here is a big issue. Like last night, I was trying to share a gospel to a guy, and he's angry with Christians. <laughs> they don't have any of that. They're just angry at Americans because, like, you know, they're the enemy. But I was like, I'm not American. I'm Aussie. And look at me. I don't even look American. I don't even look Aussie. So we're friends, right? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right? So I'm just saying that that's a fantastic opportunity, right? They don't have any biases, which, which could also be a problem because to them, they'll just add you to their list of, you know, like, like I said, like Buddhism. Oh, let's put Christianity here and, uh, yeah. I think they closed themselves out to the world for a very long time after the war, especially. Yeah. Well, they did persecute Christians back. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a place there where we went where these Dutch martyrs were actually like killed and crucified and that sort of stuff. Um, it, I, don't, I don't recommend watching that movie anyway, but there's a movie called The Silence where they actually, it's very graphic and violent. But they, they basically persecuted and tortured these, um, I think they're Catholic priests. Um, and then they closed themselves up to the world, as you know, very, for a very long time, and they only opened like 30, 40 years ago. So that was the opportunity people came in. But guys, Japan is open at the moment. You know, your blue passport can get you there without an issue. No issues whatsoever. Some missionaries fight to get a visa to get to Japan. We don't have any of that problem, right? So my, my recommendation is do a little mission holiday thing uh, where you're not going to be a burden to the church over there. Like really just check it out and see if you develop a desire, right? Or at least broadcast here in Australia. I find that Australians, the Japanese like them very much because somehow Aussies somehow relate. I don't know. They just like to relate better with Aussies. Um, and Aussies are very good tourists. They don't impose themselves. They're not looking for Costco peanut butter and that sort of stuff. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, we go there and then there's this couple is like, oh, I can't stand it here in Japan. They don't have Costco peanut butter. It's like, why are you here? <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, any more questions? Right. Oh, here. Right. So again, you, you. So if you already have a personal relationship with someone, mate. So you find the felt needs of the person. Like normally, people will have a felt need. You just got to find them. Right. So someone who's always angry, or there's always a, 
what, what's, no, what's the normal problems people have? It's a health issue, relationship issue, or a money issue. Right? So get them to open up to you on that felt need that needs to be addressed. Right? So if it's a fa family thing, that, and then that's your way in. You know? Like find the brokenness. Because when you find the brokenness, you can agree with them that is, that's really broken. That is horrible. Yeah, but it need not be that way. And then you inject. There is hope if you want it. Right, so I've always found that finding that brokenness, the thing that's broken, is the key. But you won't find that because they won't open to you unless you become deep in relationship with them. So it's a lot of time invested. And don't, you don't have to go quantity. Just find one. Find one friend and just pray for that friend. Focus on it. Interact with that friend all the time. And you'll see. Maybe, what's today? First of July. You know, give yourself six months. See where you're at with that friend. You know. Sorry, did, that, did I answer your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Any other questions? Well, how about I just pray and then uh, we'll wrap up. Um, Lord Jesus, we just thank you that um, you've um, empowered us with your grace, grace that we don't deserve. Um, we are not worthy of even the work that you ask us to do. Um, we Because we bring our mess into everything. Lord, we also trust you that you are sovereign. And even that mess, you put that there because you want to change us first. And you want us to be humble so that we could relate to other people with mess as well. So, Lord, as Lydia just mentioned, Lord, help us to find that friend that we can intentionally reach out to, that we can intentionally um, find out what their felt needs or brokenness is so that we can um, have that opportunity to give them the hope, that the real hope that can only be found in you. Lord, give us open mouths to speak truth. Help us, Lord, give us um, open doors and open hearts that we can walk through so, and share your word. And Lord, we just um, pray, Lord, that you will um, open people's minds to the gospel because we know, Lord, that um, the gospel really changes everything. And um, thank you, Lord, that we are eternally with you. And it's not because of what we did, but because of what Jesus did. And what a great joy, Lord, to know that even though we're limited and weak and we sin, that you are, your grace is abounding and your forgiveness is sure and um, that you've already died and risen for us. We don't have to go through that judgment, Lord. Thank you so much. Again, Lord, we just thank you for this time, and I pray, Lord, that you will remind people of their sen sen sense of sentness, that they will take that into the relationships that they have so that they can proclaim that message of reconciliation 
that you've handed over to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys.